I steal a hundred dollars from you. Nice thought to begin with, right? I steal a hundred dollars from you. I ask for your forgiveness. And you graciously give it to me. Is that where the story should end? I write a letter to the Westerly Sun in which I accuse you of doing something that I know you have not done. I call you the next day and I apologize. You forgive me again because you're such a nice person. Is that where it should end? I'm envious because you have a nicer car than I have, which you probably do. Mine's about 10 years old at this point. But anyway, I'm envious over your car. So one night I sneak over to your house and I put scratches all over your vehicle with one of my house keys. A week later, I admit to it and I apologize. And once again, you extend me mercy and forgiveness. But is that where the story should end? The answer, of course, in all three cases is no. Those three anecdotes that I just shared with you, my brothers and sisters, illustrate the difference between forgiveness and what the Church calls satisfaction. Seeking forgiveness is always necessary when we've wronged another human being and sinned against that person in some way. But receiving forgiveness does not do away with the need to make amends for our action, actions. It doesn't do away, in other words, with the need to make satisfaction. I steal a hundred dollars from you. I definitely need to apologize for doing that. But I also need to give you back your hundred bucks. If I write a letter to the Westerly Sun and slander you, accuse you of doing things that you haven't done, I need to ask you to forgive me. That's true. But then I need to write another letter to the Sun retracting what I said, issuing an apology, publishing it publicly. And if I intentionally scratch your car with my key, I need your forgiveness, yes. And then I need to open up my wallet and pay for a nice new paint job on your vehicle. This, incidentally, is akin to step number eight in the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step program. Step 8 reads as follows. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. That's satisfaction. It's also the purpose of a penance that we're given in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, even when that penance consists of prayers. Normally when I give a prayer penance in the confessional, I specifically will tell the person to pray those prayers for the people they have hurt by their sins. Praying for those we've offended is one way to make satisfaction for what we've done to them. Here's how the Catechism explains it. This is paragraph 1459. Catechism says, Many, sin many sins wrong our neighbor. One must do what is possible in order to repair the harm. Simple justice requires as much. But sin also injures and weakens the sinner himself, as well as his relationships with God and neighbor. Absolution takes away sin, but it does not remedy all the disorders sin has caused. Raised up from sin, the sinner must still recover his full spiritual health by doing something more to make amends for the sin. 
he must make satisfaction for or expiate his sins. This satisfaction is also called penance. I mentioned this subject this afternoon because in today's Gospel, Simon Peter, in effect, makes satisfaction. He makes satisfaction for the terrible sins he committed on Holy Thursday night. Three times that evening, as we know, in the courtyard of the high priest, he had denied Jesus. He denied even knowing our Lord. Now, had Jesus forgiven him? Of course he had. He had forgiven Peter as he had forgiven all the other apostles and what they did, because they all ran away from him during his passion. But Peter still needed to make satisfaction for what he had done. And that's why Jesus asks him to profess his love three times, not just once. Three times Peter had denied Jesus with his words, so in order to make satisfaction, Peter had to profess his love for Jesus three times with his words. Now perhaps Jesus also required this of Peter for another reason, because of what he expected from this man in the very near future. Peter, as we all know, was to be the very first pope, the first visible head of the church here on earth. Obviously, therefore, Peter need to have, needed to have his relationship with Jesus in very good order. He didn't need to be carrying around sin or extra internal baggage from his Holy Thursday sins, offenses. He needed to be right with God. He needed to be right with the other apostles. But his Holy Thursday sins had definitely weakened him. They had affected his ability to be a strong leader in the early church. As the Catechism reminds us in that text I quoted a few moments ago, it said, Sin also injures and weakens the sinner himself, as well as his relationships with God and neighbor. Peter's threefold confession of love for Jesus renewed his bond with the Lord, and it reinforced his position of leadership, his position of leadership among the apostles and within the universal church. Jesus said to Peter, Feed my land. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Now the Bible tells us that Thomas, Nathaniel, James, John, and two other disciples were present when the Lord said these words to the future Pope. At that moment they understood that what Jesus had said to Peter earlier at Caesarea Philippi, Peter, you are rock, and on this rock I will build my church, they learned that that was still valid in spite of Peter's denials. And I'm sure they passed on that message to the other apostles and disciples who were not present at the time. Oh yes, Peter is still our leader, even though he messed up on Holy Thursday night and denied Jesus. He's still number one. We still have to listen to him. One final point needs to be made here. It wasn't easy was not pleasant. Yes, Peter made satisfaction for his three sins of Holy Thursday night, but it was definitely not a pleasant experience for him. As we heard a few moments ago, he was disturbed. He was deeply hurt when Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me for that third time? But when it was over and he realized why Jesus had questioned him in this way, I'm sure Peter was happy. I'm sure he was thankful. Happy and thankful that he had swallowed his pride and answered yes all three times. Making amends, making satisfaction, 
is not normally a pleasant experience for any of us. But it's rewarding because it improves our relationship with God and our relationships with other people. So I leave you with this question to ponder this afternoon. Do I need to make amends to anyone in my life right now? Ponder that question, especially after you receive communion and have the Lord with you in the Holy Eucharist. And reflect on it honestly during the coming week. Do I need to make amends to anyone that I've hurt by my sins? And if the answer is yes, then ask the Lord to give you the grace to make those amends through prayers and through good deeds as soon as possible. Because please hear this, if we don't do it here, if we do not make adequate satisfaction for our forgiven sins while we're still on this earth, we will be required to make satisfaction for them somewhere else, in that place that we call purgatory. So we can do it now, or we can do it later. But do it, my brothers and sisters, we all will, just like Peter.